Welcome to The Earth Wants You. I'm Savitri D. I'm here alone in the studio today. Reverend Billy is out of town on the playa, memorializing his good friend Larry Harvey at Burning Man. And I'm here with Killian Sunderman in downtown Brooklyn. Hello. And his brother Nils is here too, visiting from Ireland. Hi, Nils. And I wanted to share with you what we've been up to, because we've been absent from the airwaves. We were in Zurich last week, our last tour of the uh, summer with the Stop Shopping Choir at the Spectacal Festival, which is a beautiful festival alongside a lake covered in sailboats and beautiful women on paddleboards. The mountains loom large behind the lake and it's blissful, perfect, beautiful. You can drink from the lake. There are fish eating other fish. You can't even believe how these Europeans live and especially the Swiss. Wow, the abundance. So we were there, we had a gigantic blow up pink inflatable cathedral. We called it a church and they quickly corrected us. It's a cathedral, eight fans elevating it to the skies, <laughs> a loud white noise sound, but impressive, impressive engineering. Because I saw uh, photos of this and uh, the photos I saw on the inside, there was like this pink glow on the inside. Yeah, Is that what right. it actually was like or was yes. that the photos? No, it, it, when you are inside the pink cathedral, it is womb-like. I mean, you really feel the pinkness. You feel you are in the pink. And the floors uh, just slats. There's no plastic floor, so your feet are sort of right on the earth. And there's windows up high, and the children quickly figured out how to climb through the windows, up <laughs> over the windows, up on top even. <laughs> Uh, and it, it really was a wonderful um, way to interact with a festival because you could just dive through it and into it. Um, and we performed there, I think, six, six times in total. And we really had hot revivals inside that space. Um, and people from all over Switzerland come to that festival. It's a 30-year-old festival, and it's put on by the city. So it's a municipal festival. And in that sense, it's really wonderful that they just do this every year for three weeks. They have art by the lake and people come and see stuff and some of it's ticketed but most of it's free uh, acrobats jugglers uh, magicians break dancers I know hard to believe <laughs> did you get the Swiss to dance <laughs> in a manner of speaking we were <laughs> dancing and uh, they were in generous and enthusiastic audience members and I was very proud of their singing we had sing-alongs every day uh, call and response blues style singing it was great um, a lot of children, which is beautiful, uh, because children interact so easily, and they show their 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 leaders, the adults, what to do. <laughs> um, but it's good to be back in New York, back in Brooklyn, and it's good to get back to work. I have to say, touring is is exhausting and uh, challenging and uh, rewarding, also. But um, it is not the same as activism. Uh, it's not the same as being here and really fighting for the changes we need in our city, in our <coughs> forsaken <laughs> land, the United <laughs> States of America, here at the end of 2018's long, hot summer. And now, I think we'll turn to the news. This is news from the natural world. I'm Savitri D. A lot of news about Monsanto today, but first, the Columbia University Medical Center have found that mothers exposed to the banned pesticide DDT have an increased risk of a child developing autism. 
Air pollution causes a huge reduction in intelligence, according to new research, indicating that the damage to society of toxic air is far deeper than the well-known impacts on physical health. The research was conducted in China, but is relevant across the world, with 95% of the global population now breathing unsafe air. 95% of the global population now breathing unsafe air. Not in Switzerland, I can assure you of that. It is <laughs> the study found that high pollution levels led to significant drops in test scores in language and arithmetic, with the average impact equivalent to having lost a year of the person's education. As well, air pollution causes 7 million premature deaths a year, but the harm to people's mental abilities is less well known. A recent study also found toxic air was linked to extremely high mortality in people with mental disorders and earlier work in linked it to increased mental illness in children. Another analysis found those living near busy roads had an increased risk of dementia. So no surprise there. Uh, air pollution affecting virtually every part of the human mind. Uh, Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh's record sets a dangerous precedent on endangered species. In his 12 years on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit Court, Kavanaugh has ruled against species protections 95% of the time. Cigarette butts are the greatest source of ocean trash. Cigarette butts have long been the single most collected item on the world's beaches with a total of more than 60 million collected over 32 years. Honestly, that doesn't seem like nearly enough. 60 million over 32 years. I thought it was uh, Starbucks straws. Yeah, I have some disappointing but also positive news about that for you later. Um, <clears throat> I don't think they mean by volume, the cigarette butts. I think they mean individual, each little cigarette butt. But what, however you count it, people, can you please stop throwing your cigarette butts? Yeah. Just throwing them. Or just stop smoking. Yeah, well, okay, or smoke rollies and it's cheaper and there's no butts but seriously don't throw the butts vietnam has demanded monsanto pay compensation to the victims of agent orange which the company supplied to the u.s military during the vietnam war it came in response to the firm monsanto being ordered to pay 289 million dollars to a school groundsman who claims his use of its roundup weed killer contributed to his terminal cancer the verdict serves as a legal precedent which refutes previous claims that the herbicides made by Monsanto and other chemical corporations in the U.S. and provided for the U.S. Army in the war are harmless. Uh, this is a big deal, I have to say. Vietnam has suffered tremendous consequences from the war, especially with regards to the lasting and devastating effects of toxic chemicals, including Agent Orange. This is Vietnam's foreign minister speaking. Agent Orange was a chemical herbicide and defoliant used by the U.S. military to deprive Viet Cong guerrilla fighters of food and concealment. Between 1961 and 1971, the U.S. military sprayed around 12 million gallons of the chemical substance on over 30,000 miles of southern Vietnam. Well, let me say something. It shouldn't just be Monsanto paying for this. It should be the U.S. And in more Monsanto news, the city of Nevada in Marin County, California, has joined other California cities and local governments in eliminating the use of glyphosate, the key ingredient in the Roundup brand weed killer that puts users at a heightened risk of cancer. Uh, you can check out our map of this, uh, redbilly.com slash maps, it's I think. Forward slash maps, yeah. Forward slash maps, and you can see all the spraying that goes on, especially in California, because of those FOIAs we filed, we got a lot from California. Uh, some 160 miles off the coast of Charleston, South Carolina, a half mile below the ocean surface is a dense forest 
of cold water corals, newly discovered. Based on scientific observations and recent sonar mapping of the ocean floor, researchers estimate that the reef, newly discovered reef, runs for at least 85 linear miles. The live corals are growing atop giant mounds of rubble, the skeletal remains of coral colonies that have been growing in the same area for millennia. These Atlantic coral structures could be hundreds of thousands of years old. Yes, they've just discovered a absolutely enormous coral forest just off the coast of South Carolina. Only to tell you once again, listeners, we know nothing about the planet Earth. A new U.S. survey suggests people are using roughly 130 million plastic straws a day, far fewer than the 500 million figure that's commonly cited. However, I couldn't find verification of who did this study or this survey or how the survey was conducted, which leads me to believe that perhaps it was run by industry in some way. So now, now this 500 million straws a day is disputed, but we don't know by who. Um, we've been talking about the straw issue a lot longer than everybody else, I want to tell you. Everyone I've met, <laughs> I've talked about the 500 straws. We were ahead of the curve on this one, everyone. <laughs> American agrochemicals company Monsanto, more Monsanto news, is facing a surge in lawsuits that may cost its new owner, Bayer, a German company, billions in damages. Bayer said the number of outstanding cases against Monsanto has risen from 5,200 to 8,000 only going to go up. The German firm's share has lost 11% of their value since it lost the case in a California court to groundskeeper Dwayne Johnson. Bear shares fell another 1.7% on Thursday. Chief Executive Werner Baumann said, oh, excuse me, Chief Executive Werner Baumann said that when it bought Monsanto, Bayer could not foresee the scope of the current lawsuits. The $63 billion deal was completed earlier this month. So, Good luck with that, Werner. <laughs> Scientists at UC Berkeley and Berkeley Lab have devised a way to quantify uh, plant growth that will occur without cold weather. They have found that 16% of the land where cold temperatures limit plant growth in 1982 now supports vegetation, meaning more plants in more places. The researchers predict that by 2100, only 20% of the vegetated land in the Northern Hemisphere will be limited by cold temperatures, allowing plants to grow earlier in the season and in new and unexpected places. Surely a mixed bag, right? There's probably good that comes of that and bad. Uh, there is no safe level of drinking alcohol, concludes a new study. It shows that in 2016, nearly 3 million deaths globally were attributed to alcohol use, including 12% of deaths in males between the ages of 15 and 49. So scientists are now saying there is no safe level of alcohol consumption. I, I dispute these findings. <laughs> British Columbia is on fire. You probably know. In this Canadian province, 56 wildfires of note are active and continuing to blow smoke into the skies overhead. Current statistics show that at least 15 million acres have burned this year in British Columbia. And that smoke is drifting all the way over here to New York City. And aside from humans, the species now known to experience menopause are all toothed whales, belugas, narwhals, killer whales, and short-finned pilot whales. 
Almost all animals continue reproducing throughout their lives, and scientists have long been puzzled about why some animals have evolved to stop. That was news from the natural world. I'm Savitri D, and I apologize for my lugubrious pace today. It's just, it's very hot in New York. It's 95 degrees at nine in the morning. Wow. What about the, those coral reefs? Yeah. Is there photos we can get of them somewhere? There are. And um, so this expedition in the Atlantis sea cruiser set out from the uh, Woods Hole Mass, uh, you know, Oceanography Institute, one of probably one of the leading ones in the world. And, and the, the captain of the ship said, he said to his crew, we're going to find something today. I know it. We're going to find something extraordinary. And sure enough, they found an 85-mile coral reef. And if you look at pictures of it, I mean, they're cold water corals, so they don't look the same as, uh, but there are many species, obviously, hundreds probably down there. I mean, you can see samples of the species. Um, You'll you'll find this news easily because it is big scientific news. Um, The amazing thing is just the bulk of that bony mass underneath them and what they're growing on and living on is just this scaffolding of like hundreds of thousands of years of corals and it's just very impressive but of course it's at the bottom of the ocean so the light is also peculiar surreal you know because they have to shine such a bright light on it to show it that you don't really feel its livingness because it's in this hard cold light and would that be affected by ocean acidification as well or like are those guys in danger or well it's so deep and it's so cold i i think probably not yet but eventually one would assume that those i mean the the warming of the ocean happens more in those shallower waters i'm not an oceanographer obviously but i do know that okay and monsanto's (laughs) going down monsanto owned by bear um well, I mean, the, there's 3,000 new lawsuits in less than a month. So it, it can only get worse for them. And now the Vietnamese government is suing them and asking for compensation. I don't know. It, it's, However, that deal to bear was an $82 billion deal. That's a lot of money. So yeah. they have a, lo- a long way to go through. And they also have, let me tell you, a huge... Uh, huge amount of those chemicals already produced and created that they, they can sell off at at a tremendous yeah. clip if they have to so does it impact them i mean yes but how much well mm. that remains to be seen but I, you know again i've talked for years about this asbestos moment with glyphosate because we know it's coming mm. and i think i'm ho- really hoping this is it it's mad the way it's like uh like agent orange happened in the 50s and 60s right like and we know this is wrong for so long and with glyphosate the same thing but we have to wait until like there's just this one case that kind of proves it and then everyone else can sort of come in on a like a tsunami of like can i get my you know come up and snow or whatever mm-hmm. it's just crazy that like we know it's wrong for so long and then right i mean those tipping points what are they you know it's really been quantified now it's 25 percent. it's one in four when one in four believe it it can be true to everyone yeah. and that's the case with something like same-sex marriage and also the belief that something like Roundup glyphosates is bad. Um, one in four doesn't seem like a lot unless you don't, unless you're at one in eight, you know? So it's just that constant drumbeat of activism and work and just keeping it in the front. And that jury in California, that was the right jury in the right place at the right time. And, you know, that could have taken 10 more years.
I don't know. Let's just hope it holds up on appeal. But even if it doesn't, you know, I think something has changed. And I'm, yeah. I'm just so glad about it because the glyphosates really are everywhere. They are ubiquitous. And we're never meant to be omnipresent in our in the fabric of our everyday life. I told Niels last week that there was glyphosates in German beer and he refused to believe it. 99% of German beer has glyphosates He's, in it. <laughs> he still doesn't believe it. Yeah. And <laughs> oh, 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 I think it's 85% of German body tissue contains glyphosates. Well, we're both, we both have German body tissues. So. <laughs> well, and do you drink German beer? We do. <laughs> the Sundermans drink German beer. No surprise there. But Maybe it cancels it out. Don't pass them a Guinness. They'd prefer a... Uh, I don't know, a Radeberger. Oh, Radeberger. Okay, <laughs> coming right up. While we were away, <laughs> the sad passing of the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin. And so Killian and I are each going to play our favorite Aretha song. Here's mine. Uh, so today we have a very special treat. Um, while we were in Zurich last week with the Stop Shopping Choir, um, 15 of them, we ran into an old friend, Sedge Thompson, who for years and years has produced a show called West Coast Live in California, which is syndicated all over the country. Uh, he's a radio personality, um, and his show was like a literary music show, and he interviewed notable figures from all over. And um, But he was in Zurich working on a project um, on Schubert, and... <laughs> So he spent the afternoon and evening with us leading up to one of our performances. And today we're going to just share some clips with that because he recorded and interviewed us and other people who were around. And I hope you enjoy it. Hi, this is Sedge Thompson. Welcome to today's West Coast Live. I see somebody I recognize. Oh, Pink pants. <laughs> look at that. I'm oh, look at the images. monochromatic as you are. I guess, yeah, almost. I love the shoes. They are boats, right? They, they belong here. They belong. <laughs> You're ready to dock them here, I'm not sure. We feel very European here. It is European. It's a festival. It's open. We get to see spires in the distance, ships. Barely make out the Alps, not quite. Over there? Yeah, yeah. Barely make them. And then this Maxfield Parish of the sky. I mean, if you if you look over that way, amazing. Hi. Hi. You know, I was walking down the road to Fabrik, and there was a poster for Rev Billy. Yeah. Rev Billy, international theater star. What? What? And here you are in this Zurich avant-garde theater festival by the side of a lake, the Tivoli Garden of the Arts here. I'm a serious minister. I don't know how this happens. <laughs> here you are between shows. You're in, a, you're in your pink trousers, your white shoes. It's Elvis en plus. And you've got a great big inflatable church, an inflatable bouncy cathedral. Yes, we're very proud of our hot pink floating cathedral. For radio, the radio mind, can we just try to describe what it's like. It's a blow-up balloon cathedral. I don't think they have them anywhere but here. No, no. If it had a floor, you'd have kids bouncing up and down on it. It's the same air-filled 
principle. Well, as the Stop Shopping Choir and myself perform our, our fabulous worship inside the tradition of the bouncy castle from the playgrounds, we, we have a, a church that is rhythmically going up and down as we sing. <laughs> Savitri, producer of Rev Billy Extravaganza. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise Savitri, right? Uh, who all is here? How many people did you bring with you from New York? There are 15 of us here from New York City. Some of us joined from Europe. We came over the last few days and gathered, and yesterday we went downtown and we did our Tourists Against Trump action, which is so effective and strange. And then we've been performing here at the church on stage two or three times a day. This is an incredible setup. It's filled with temporary buildings, cafes all around, different performers here, Shakespeare from Great Britain, punk rock from Berlin, Polish choirs. It's an international festival. Yeah. How do you see yourselves fitting in? That's a good question. I, I, this is a very old festival. It's about 30 years old, I think, and it, it's a civic festival, and it's supported by the wealthy community of Zurich, and one of the things they're trying to do this year is bring in more content uh, that is current, current content, and also more international work. But there's a fish eagle. You're, you're the director of the whole festival, right? You run this? She's the director of Spectacle, and yeah. her name is Hyatt Erdogan. That's Adrian Knotts, who's assisting, and Philippa is also an assistant. Yeah. From the Zurich Bank. From the Zurich Bank? He's the funder of the project. <laughs> these, these are notable Zurich artists and theater people, Hyatt and Adrian. Adrian runs Cabaret Voltaire, home of the, the Dadaists. I'm sure if you, you know of them. That is where it all began. I'm sure he could tell you more. <laughs> You're continuing the tradition. Yeah. Back yes. in 1916, yes. when you were still yes. young. <laughs> <laughs> he came to Switzerland because he didn't want it to be, you know, in the war as a soldier of the German army. So we came to the traditionally neutral country. Yeah, and that's how basically the whole movement started. There were people from Romania and Germany who fled basically from the First World War, met here in Zurich on neutral ground. And it was like tonight. It was like with Reverend yeah. Billy coming to the Landewiese. Yeah. There's nothing you can do here, so he's just terribly bored. How do you see Reverend Billy and the Stop Shopping Choir fitting in with this festival? I didn't know there was such surf yes, on, the, on, the, yeah. on, the, on the lake here. Like, since I'm not curating the festival... Um, what do you do for the festival? Well, I'm a spectator. Oh, I thought you were running it. We were lying. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you were lying. <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought. No, don't you be sorry. It's all illusion. Billy it's all fake news. It. Fake news. Well, fake art. Maybe yeah. I'm running the festival. Maybe I'm not. Uh, I think it's great that Reverend Billy is here with Savitri and the whole Stop Shopping Choir. I think Zurich needs more of it. I mean, we were a couple of months ago together. I had invited Billy and two other colleagues of him of Stop Shopping Choir to work with students of mine because I'm working actually at the Art University in Zurich. We did a little workshop and then we uh, kind of infiltrated a Swiss bank on Paradeplatz, um, the UBS. And that was experience memorable until today and maybe for their whole lifetime for the students where they realize it's not only about writing stuff down and doing it theoretically and it's not only about doing stuff within a certain secured frame which is art institutions in general somehow because you can say whatever you want and you can do whatever you want and then it's still framed as art so it's okay. Mm, right. But then here you have people 
who are using both, basically, kind of the, the strategies of art and the secure framework of art and doing art and combining it with a need and um, with going out to fields that are not framed and therefore secured by the institution. So when you said, why I think it's really, really cool that they're here. Yeah. So when you said infiltrated the bank, what did you do? We went there to tell the people working at UBS that they are working for an institution that is doing harm to our world, to our ecology, to our climate and so on. Basically to our Lebenswelt, mm -hmm. which would be the German word for it, but I think it's been translated like that into English. And so we researched... billions in the destruction of the world. Yeah, like in right. oil industries and... How were you and your students received? <laughs> I mean, Bill's been arrested in yes. 18, what, 70 times? 70 about. 70 about in that. New York so and Midwest. So he was close Midwest. to being, um, getting uh, arrested, yeah. He was very close to that. Um, they threw him down. He was kind of... This was here in Zurich? Yes. He was put down on the ground by four people, I think, four men, security men, who thought he was some sort of a guru trying to harm the bank. And outside the building, policemen were waiting for us to basically investigate in this kind of disturbance that we had caused into this private building. It was private property that we had entered and infiltrated and that was not allowed. It was like a yeah. bit of a tricky situation. You were there too, you were filming secretly, no? Yeah. So we were trying... And so how did your students view this merging of activism and performance yeah. art and illumination. Yeah, Bill, I'd... May I jump in here? Yeah. Just Gregory Corbino and, and Dragonfly and myself from the yeah. Church of yeah. Stop Shopping, our idea, which uh, Dr. Erdogan was there every step of the way, we invited the students to remember their earliest memories and then we developed, we selected certain very early stories that people remembered. That became a song that we all sang with harmonies, and it was an original song. Uh, Gregory is a, a former composer for the Bread and Puppet Theater in Vermont. And what we created, then we, we made a dance for the song. And so we came in there with a uh, haunting, strange performance. And it wasn't viewed as necessarily a performance. Maybe they're not really art lovers. Um, I think they didn't really perceive it as a performance or a choreography, even though it was. We rehearsed for that. I think it was, but I think they didn't. Maybe, <laughs> maybe because we were like you know um, going into the bank one after the other to not raise suspicion, and then there was like this idea of starting slowly and non-offensively our choreography, and then setting up a group that was slowly and mildly tenderly basically marching and singing the song and that's I think the moment when they got scared no they even locked up one of the students who was missing from the group we then later realized that he was sitting in one of the side chambers somehow one of our forced. African students there's a racial the a racial way. issue there yeah. one of our the only, African students yeah. Our only really yeah, black only student thing. was locked so, in a room. Yeah, is Zurich accustomed to this kind of demonstration, this kind of activism? No, not really. That's why I, again, 
I'm very glad that Billy and the Stop Shopping Choir is here. But then again, the question is, what would people bring to go on the streets? What would people here in Zurich, in this very satisfied and rich country somehow, bring to go on the streets and to care about injustice and whatever that is happening <laughs> when they have this, right? This beautiful view with the lake and the boats on it and everything. You have such great infrastructure here in Zurich. Yeah. Everything seems to work so smoothly yes. that an activist dressed in pink or white clothing like an Elvis impersonator preacher goes into a bank and starts singing. I would yeah. think that it, this, this is a town where people will frown and speak at you if you jaywalk or walk against the light. If you're out of order, this sounds definitely out of order in the bank. Yes. It, it's oh, yeah. rhythm. Worse than jaywalking here. I think was considered as a major danger, no? Because like none of the police officers could understand who you were, what you were, and what you were doing. They were like irritated by the whole appearance and irritated by what you were saying. And on the other hand, there were some who were like, we understand what UBS is doing. We understand how they are involved in all the dirty business. We understand what you're doing, but then still you just intruded private property. Bill, since I first met you, your performing arc has gone from being solo performer, verging into political awareness, and now over the past several years in your persona as Rep Billy, into political activism. You take on major issues of the day. Originally, the Stop Shop Inquirer came out of George Bush in 2001, saying everybody gets shopping. And now, and if you love America, go shopping. When you've covered topics from Monsanto poisoning, one of the most effective things that you did, I think, was getting old growth forests that were being used as magazine advertising pulp stopped. You were involved in that kind of brokerage, that kind of negotiation and also regularly putting on performances in New York City and elsewhere, the British Museum, to raise awareness. What is it mostly about nowadays? Is it about climate change? Is, is, is it about community? How would you characterize that? We're working on instilling in people and in ourselves a perspective shift where our point of view is outside of the you know colonizer, outside of the bank, outside of the corporation, outside of the... Zurich, <laughs> outside of New York City, looking back at the human project from the wilderness perspective, looking back at the colonizer from the perspective of people displaced and seeking a way to uh, find safety, food, protection for their families, we find that there is a distortion field that is enforced by consumerism, that the products are doing more than just you know, servicing some kind of convenience or comfort, that actually there's a hypnotic thing that happens that they may even possibly, uh, some, of the, some of the people selling the products to us are not aware of. There has to be an explanation for the inability of people to respond in a realistic way to this emergency, this life and death emergency. You're here at the Zurich Festival and you're giving several performances slash sermons. Do you worry about language differences or do most people here understand English? I'm in better uh, shape here when I'm repeating some things, you know, <laughs> speaking slowly enough, perhaps more slowly than I am in this interview with you, Mr. Mr. Thompson. Uh, lots of folks here are able to shout Earthalooya back at us and like register in various ways that they understand what we're saying. I enjoy being in Cabaret Voltaire. Cabaret Voltaire showed up in the heart of this tradition um, in, uh, you know, right after World War One. This man just interrupted me and... <laughs> Yes, Do you claim to know something about Cabri Voltaire? Here, talk, 
So this is Adrian Knotts, and he's the director of Cabaret Voltaire here in Zurich. Go ahead. I just wanted to correct you in saying that it was during the First World War and not after the First World War, <laughs> which I think is a crucial uh, information. No? Where do you see Rev Billy on the Dada spectrum? I see him at Trisansara called the Tale of a Holy Cow Dada. So I would say Reverend Billy is the tip of the tail, you know, the very, how do you say, ticklish part of it. Um, that's where I see. I would like to say how much I appreciate becoming the tippy tail of the holy cow. Uh, I'm, I'm from Wisconsin. I love cows. I, 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 you know, Adrian, once again, is saying the perfect thing. William, you're the son of a banker. You are practicing and preaching the antithesis of banking capitalism. Do you feel that there's any element of your father's energy that you're channeling or are you holding it off? Has he ever come to see one of your performances? Well, let's, let's uh, define our terms. My father works at a, uh, and he's an executive, at a, a bank that has never had more than 2,000 loans. Its headquarters is in Traer, Iowa, a town of 13,000 people where um, there are no restaurants open in the afternoon. So the... <laughs> for a New it's kind of like Zurich on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> so my father started agreeing with Savitri and, I and our politics at, at some point, uh, though he remained a lifelong Calvinist. He did start agreeing with us, community empowerment, neighborhood empowerment, monpastors, human scale communities, my father's in his 90s now, and he's had to be realistic about what's happening, and he has made clear in legal documents that the Bank of America cannot swoop in and purchase our little family concern. Using the word banker isn't exactly accurate. In, in the association that most people have with that phrase does not apply. He, he strikes me then as like the Jimmy Stewart character in It's a Wonderful Life, that kind of a businessman, somebody in the community that everybody relies on, even though he may not immediately see it. Yes, I've always identified Father with Jimmy Stewart, and I've always have. That would be a very nice way of looking at my dad. I can think of some things that make him a little bit more like Lionel Barrymore, <laughs> the mean character. Savitri, your parents had a church. It was a secular church. It was a church of new philosophies, new imagining in Nyack, well, New York. My parents started a, but they didn't, it wasn't really a church. They, they turned a church into an art space. But they were very spiritual people, so then they were involved in the, uh, the union of spirituality and art for some time, and also with the unleashing of LSD on the, the United States. So they made the art that was part of Timothy Leary's acid tests and uh, those teach-ins that he used to do. My parents made the art, and they made that in that church. So I do think of their work as very ritual-based at that time when they were in that church. By the time I was born, they had moved to New Mexico and started a proper commune and left that church. You know, instead of a tiny church, they had a mountain where we... They went to the mountaintop. They did, indeed. I feel that my work is as a, a radical and a disruptor and an activist, and they did those things, and that wasn't necessarily... Uh, what they ended up doing with their lives, but I don't really relate to the sort of spiritual part of their lives as much as I do to the community building part of their life. Uh, they were not explicitly political people. They were not radical in the way I'm radical. As the producer of Rev Billy and the Stop Shop Inquirer, what is it that you want people 
to come away with? What is the kind of show that you want to present? I am mostly interested in giving people who are about to become activists permission to be activists. I'm interested in giving activists energy, who, people who are already making activist work and doing activist work, reviving them. I'm interested in opening up space around uh, the concept and idea of protest. I really focus on getting people in the street, doing things they've never done before, and confronting the power systems that are oppressing people all over the world and destroying the life systems that we are a part of. Do you find it disconcerting that there is activism of all kinds on all parts of the political spectrum. On the far right, on the left, there's neo-Nazi activism, there's liberal left activism, there's very quiet political activism and letter writing. It seems that there's something that's just generally stirred up now, in part because of the current president of the United States, that, that people express themselves perhaps in far more outspoken ways than they might have a decade ago. What you just described means to me that the, the systems that control us are more and are stronger. So we can do whatever we want inside of them because we're really no threat to them. We are not threatening power systems right now. We are not threatening power structures right now. We are working well on very small local levels. We are doing a good job of building resilient, tiny local economies and communities. But as far as actually pushing back against the power systems, we're doing a terrible job. So we can do whatever we want. It's like, sure, let them march, let them sing, let them preach, let them, let them build things, let them drop banners. Let them, it doesn't matter. And they just blow off steam, as Malcolm X taught us. You know, we shouldn't march because it lets us blow off steam when we should be storing that steam for the real revolution. And you know, from my perspective, things really couldn't be worse right now. And I think that they could, they're going to get a lot worse. But it feels like they couldn't be worse. In my kind of vision of the immediate future, it's just going to have to get so much worse before people act. And that's what's so sad to me, because it's like, we could act now before we're all suffering. We could do it now before we're all like fighting over water and becoming our worst selves. We could do it now while we have the resources to do it from our strength and from our health instead of from our dying, desperate selves, which is not the best part of humanity. We know that we cooperate much better when we're okay ourselves. So I say like, stupid humans, once again, will wait until we're like, broken and destitute before we act against these systems that have been killing us for hundreds of years, but so obviously in the last few decades, really putting the heel on the neck of humans and certainly threatening all other life at a scale and pace unknown in human history. I'm not an activist because it's going to be successful. I'm an activist because that's the right thing to do at this time. Because I'm looking at a world and I can't not be an activist. Looking at the, the world I see with the information I have, how could I not be an activist? And that's the question. Like, what is stopping everybody else? Because they have the same freaking information I have. And I would say, like, I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail and fail and fail. But you know what? Maybe my daughter will succeed. Maybe her children will succeed. I don't know how long it's going to take. If I'm not fighting it, then I'm laying down and letting it kill me. And I, I just can't do that. So here we are in beautiful Zurich, certainly one of the capitals of quiet banks and hidden bank accounts, discreet usages of money, beautiful yachts sailing by this evening, yeah. lit up with the dinner cruises, the evening light on the clouds. It's a quiet, tranquil place. Zurich is a fantasy supported by hundreds of years of colonial power, right? And the stripping of resources from <laughs> mines, forests, 
the ocean, you name it. And then also the sheltering of money and dark economies from all over the world. Of course, there's legitimate things going on here. This is like a dream that we're in right now, supported by the nightmares of millions of people. You can also look through the lens of its success, which is like this incredibly healthy commons where the water is clean and the trains work and there's all this shared art. And you say like, there's this abundance. This is what you do with abundance. This is what you do. And we could all live in abundance. We could all live this way, but actually, unfortunately we don't. Some people are fortunate to live in this and may they be our teachers on that side of it. And may we, all of us, learn to see through this to its root cause. Hi. Hi, this is the director of the festival. Oh, how do you Hi. do? Matthias nice to meet you. Matthias, thank you. Uh, it's a magnificent uh, cathedral. Francisco. I leave you with each other. Yeah. What do you like about him? Well, I think there are very few people who have both a strong political message, discourse and idea, and a very refined artistic form that allows to reach people emotionally as well as cognitively. The Reformation, there was a political struggle of ideas. There was theater involved, nailing of things. Yes, and I just reread the 95 theses uh, a couple days ago in preparation for this festival. And wow, hard hitting, one sentence. Most of them are one sentence. Luther and Twitter would have gone well. <laughs> oh my God, yes, yes, thank you. I, I needed that. <laughs> Bill, you're going to go get dressed? Yes. See you in church, maybe? Yes. See you in church. And I'll be there, maybe. Men and women are all dressed in shades of pink. Bill's getting his hair worked on. Oh, you were just working on Bill's hair. Is there a secret to it? Lots of organic uh, product. <laughs> we like to keep the elements alive and it. Just good windswept uh, look to it. Um, I've been styling him for about seven years now and uh, can't give away all my stylist secrets, you know. I have some of the great unknowns, some mystery in the choir and in his hair. <laughs> you think it'll be hot in that tent? Well, we're not going to be in the tent for this. We're on the stage next to the church. You're on the stage yes. next to the church. You have a beautiful, deep voice. I just want to tell you that. Thank you. Thank you. You sound like a broadcaster. Yeah, I know. I think so. Yes. Can I try one of these? This is part of my research. Bribe the press. Bribe the press. This is part of my research. I have to, Schwag. I have to see how this is. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. double farci with cacao creme fooling. It's like high class candy. That was amazing what you said. I couldn't never read it that way. <laughs> I wouldn't see it that way. What are you putting on your eyes? Your eyes are watering. It's drugstore makeup. It's fossil fuel based toxicity. <laughs> smearing it on my lovely face. It makes your face look a little paler. Yes, and this is um, the last of my pale white. Uh, this is from uh, Lush. It's all organic and everything. And the people uh, give their money back to us in grants. So we have we have some some people in the beauty business who are radicals. Yeah, let's do a couple of dogs. Okay. For sure. Let's do some celebration of lights. Let's do um, celebration of what? Lice? Lice. What do you say? Lice. Lice. Oh, okay. Let's do MCS with assembly. Okay. Half of the dogs, promised land, and so we're just gonna do big numbers because 
of the way that stage is. Capitalist stocks. We can do imagination. Capitalist stocks is our entry. Yeah, it's, it's changed. Yeah. Capitalist stocks is our, is our approach. No, no, we're not going to do We're just going to start the show. We're not going to process it across we're, we're the... We're on the stage. We're oh. not in the church. Right. I know. But, oh, you want to I don't, don't want to do that. Okay. The song, we don't hear the song. The song's like this weird. Let's do sure. a chant. Let's chant in. Yeah, do capitalist great. dogs. Okay. And then the end of the world. Can we also do. Can we try flying? Kind of grabs people, right? Flying is, is not working. Well, it's working, but we just. It's, it's very. I feel like it's very unrehearsed. Oh, okay. I mean, normally I would just be like, sure. Yeah, we haven't done it. We could do Monsanto. No, that one's a highly, <laughs> highly unrehearsed. <laughs> Monsanto is the devil. Claims he's a scientist. Pretends. <laughs> see, I got the words wrong. I don't even see. See, and that's the word that I emphasize. Claims. I like your outfit. I just say there's a show in that theater, and so we have to like. You have such an amazing carrying beautiful voice. I will be quiet. You have an amazing outfit. I uh, I love a I love a good overall. I do it all the time and I was and then they said you got to have pink. Pink 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 pink. And I was like but what's how is that ever going to happen for me? Third vintage store I went in. There they were. Victory pink. is mine. Yeah. Now so you're not wearing a shirt. But it gets to show your tattoos. What are your tattoos? What's across your chest? Well, this is all, oh, I'm trying to get you in some light. This is all Brooklyn. This is all New York. This is my 20 years, my home. It's the Sacred Heart concept radiating it, out. Oh, that's but it's an, an apple, apple core. core. You know, because it's, it's an apple. It's, it's chewed apple core, right? It's the big apple. And you've had to pull your beard apart in order to display it all. Yeah, yeah. this is the Manhattan Bridge, the Brooklyn Bridge. You know, the things, the like, sort of landmarks that work for me. The leaf of the apple, by the way, is the outline of the borough of Brooklyn where I've lived for 18 years so that's one of my favorite little artistic did you design this before you went in to, mm-hmm. to work with the tattoo yeah. artist I didn't draw 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 it but I sketched it with the concepts and then he um, how long did it take probably 12 hours over th- three sessions it's quite glorious it's beautiful it's amazing yeah. it's 10 years old now but I'm in love with it wow. what's your warm-up I was seeing you do push-ups and burpees yeah, and... I just that's all just stupid I'm not I don't really do warm-ups because I'm not a professional. <laughs> I'm a metal worker. You're a metal worker? <laughs> yeah, how, yeah. How did you end up in the choir? Well, I'm a, I'm a radical activist metal worker. Oh. I used to build bikes a lot. I was a big bicycle activist, and that's when I met. It's got to be like 10, 12, at least, years ago. Billy and Savi. I was always doing activism work around bicycles, usually. Either like transportation alternatives or building memorials for cyclists killed by cars in the streets of New What kind of memorial would you build? Uh, there's, a, there's this concept called the ghost bike, which is all over the world. Um, some kids in St. Louis, I believe, started this project probably 20 years ago, but some good friends of mine in New York really brought that concept to New York. And so once I say this, you'll see them now because there are bicycles that are chained to a tree or a post or whatever, a fire hydrant, probably not a fire hydrant, all painted white, sometimes with flowers, sometimes with a plaque, but all painted white. And it's a memorial for someone killed on a bicycle at or near that location. They're all over the world now. It's a pretty, really wonderful project. So I built, I don't know, unfortunately, probably over close to 100 of them over the course of five or six years in New York. That gives one pause. Yeah, it's a bit rough. Yeah, it's a beautiful project, but, you know, obviously a really pretty sad, horrible concept but um, what do you make of these electric scooters that i see people on oh, the the bicycle the, like the bike the like the delivery yeah. guy but yeah the, well, but now I, you know today and walking oh, yeah. around in, in 
hipster section of Zurich, there were all sorts of people riding yeah. around these. In the scooters, yeah. No, it's a, it's a, I, I love battery technology. You know, I build lots of solar paneled, solar powered things carnival rides and and biology labs and the like so i love the content i like that we're harnessing that a lot of that stuff comes from solar power you know it's great battery technology is really amazing so it's kind of neat but it's also i feel like uh, people are cheating when they're not pedaling <laughs> as, as a avid bicycle rider it's right. a, you know right. it's um right. yeah there's a, oh and then i mean there's a whole section of all the carnies that run this stuff they have on the far end from where we are the far far end of the festival there's a whole camp of, you know, VW vans with the camper vans and those cool uh, gypsy carts and stuff that um, that these guys live in for months at a time because this is their their whole summer. You know, they have all their rigging, they have their forklifts and stuff all here, and everything is built modularly so they can take it with them. And they're all carpenters. They're all. It's an incredible operation. It's actually the, the size of it. It's huge. It's probably at least a half a mile long. Feels like from yeah, one place to about. another. This is funny being in a metric centric oh. uh, <laughs> it's a thousand meters is this at least 200 acres of 500 acres of land now I notice over here Savitri has now got Bill being posed in light photographs that pink suit is just that was a photo session, an impromptu yeah. photo session. Yeah. A spotlight in you and your raspberry suit in today's life they can happen at any moment <laughs> So Savitri is also doing publicity photographs for, what, your social media? You know, that's... That getting a picture... Calling it publicity, director. you know, it's, 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 it's reaching out to our followers, you know. Uh, we're self-publishing authors, kind of, you know. So it's not publicity. That is a pejorative phrase. Is it? That's like shopping. Yeah. <laughs> we're just connecting with our followers. We're a mega church, you know, with a lot of empty pews. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so smaller Maybe intervals from me. Turning world Austin, like at the very, very beginning, mm. the very, very beginning. Oh, like almost as we're coming on. Yeah, or or almost ironically, like in a very kind of formal. Oh, yeah, very formal. Almost like, processional. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. Okay, so that's first. And then end of the world, Billy, capitalist dogs. Uh-huh. Billy, promised land, sermon. Wow, love at the gate. So I have like. Uh, two, two, two introductions. Two yes. short little guys. And then the sermon. Okay. And you're setting up Capitalist Dogs and Promised Land. Capitalist Dogs are running amok in the Promised Land. Absolutely. Amen. Adam is running. He's naked. They're biting his butt. That's today's West Coast Live from Zurich last Sunday evening. I'm Sedge Thompson. The show's up for a week at WCL.org. And until next week, safe journey. Oh, thanks, Sedge Thompson and West Coast Live for that. I hope you enjoyed it. There was a lot of choir people floating around in that. I don't know if you heard many of them, but for me, it's always wonderful to travel with the Stop Shopping Choir because they are so, even here in New York, I mean, they're just a, a very special community of people from all over and a very diverse group of people. And um, you don't see that very often. And to be with them in Switzerland was a, a special treat because it is quite... Um, not homogenous because there are lots of kinds of people in Switzerland, but relatively homogenous, of course. So <clears throat> to be there with the choir, Teddy and Susanna and Shilpa and, and Sierra and all these wonderful people, Al, and, and watch people react to them and respond to this boisterous um, 
enthusiastic and totally interesting community uh, who, who love to engage people, I must say. And, and they do sort of take that on as a kind of, not a task, but a mission, a service that they do, which is to really engage with people and really find out about a place and be with people. And because it's an arts festival, there are artists and performers from all over there. There were um, South American, there was Brazilian dancers there, there was Chilean musicians, there were uh, there was a Polish choir. I mean, there's all kinds of people. So they were interacting in the most beautiful way. And then the, the, the performance itself, um, watching audiences respond to the music and the sort of impassioned singing of this group of people was very encouraging. You do feel that music can be a bridge between people, as Aretha taught us. Uh, <laughs> music carries the day. And, and somehow... Well, we judge less when we're listening to music. We, we form opinions more slowly. And I just want to thank everyone in the Stop Shopping Choir, uh, Nate and Travis and Nehemiah and everyone who came on that trip. Thank you so much for coming and lending your energies to that. And Sedge, once again, thanks for recording those interviews. Uh, and now Extinction's Got Talent. And this is a, this is a happy story, sort of a happy story. Uh, the Bahamian Nuthatch is an endangered subspecies of nuthatch endemic to the pine yards of Grand Bahama Island in the Bahamas. Uh, this, it's a small nuthatch with a brown crown, a bluish gray shoulder, and a white patch on its, on its back neck and dull whitish underparts. Um, the nuthatch forages primarily for insects and other invertebrates by climbing up and down trunks of pine trees, often upside down and they feed alone or in pairs. Now this nuthatch, the Bahamian nuthatch, uh, was thought to have gone completely extinct after habitat damage sustained by Hurricane Matthew two years ago. Uh, but just in the last few weeks, two individuals have been discovered, rediscovered in the wild, making it perhaps the most critically endangered bird species known to man. I say that with poignance because of all the species will will drive to extinction before we even know them. Uh, prior to this study, there had been no sightings of the Bahamian nuthatch since 2016. And here we have the delightful song of the Bahamian nuthatch. You hear that little circling twitter there, just like a little spiral sound, so lovely. The scientist who, uh, who saw them, he heard it first, as we so often do with the bird. He heard it, and like a good ornithologist, he went, oh, that's a nuthatch. Is it the Bahamian nuthatch? Why, it is. <laughs> anyway, there's only two of them, so, but if, where there are two, perhaps there are four. Um, good luck, nuthatch. Uh, thank you so much for listening today. Um, we'll s see you soon, hear from you soon. Write to us, revbilly.com. I want to thank Killian Sunderman. And Reverend Billy, of course, will be back next week. 
This is The Earth Wants You. I'm Savitri D. in downtown Brooklyn. The world only so many beautiful days.